seller in the stores. You tell me who flop, who cop the blue drop, who juice drop top, who mostly goes down to the blue drop. The same old pimp, mace, you know ain't nothing changed but my limp. Can't stop, top, see my name on the blimp. Guarantee me and Chels pull a level up. You don't believe in Harlem world? Double up. We don't play around, it's a bet, lay it down. Didn't know me 91, bet they know me now. I'm the young Harlem with the Goldie sound. Can't no kid deep. Hold me down, cooler, school me to the game, now I know my duty Stay humble, stay low, blow like booty True pimp, spin no dough on the booty Don't yell, there go mace, there go your cutie Hey there, folks, and welcome to a special edition of Hardly Heroes. I am Caleb B. That's where you can follow me on Twitter. Follow Eddie at E-D-D-Y-C-8-5. Follow the show Twitter at EC underscore Hero. The show Instagram is EC HeroCast. Gmail is EC HeroCast at gmail.com. Of course, check me out every Thursday morning on the Grave Consequences podcast, which is a part of the Social Suplex Podcast Network. We are here. It is Sunday. August 22nd, just just shy of the NXT TakeOver 36, or as I'm calling it, NXT TakeOver The End for real this time. <laughs> and uh, Ed, how are you doing on this Sunday? I feel like a million dollars. feel like a million dollars, man. Going to tell someone to kiss your grits, anything like that? Mm, maybe. You don't watch NXT, do you? No, but I know what you're referencing. But I was referencing uh, I, the movie we'll be reviewing today. Oh, fair enough, fair enough. I was going to say Cameron Grimes is legitimately like one of my favorite acts in wrestling right now. Um, we're not only guys. We're not only covering the 1994 Walt Disney Pictures feature Blank Check, but we will also be covering season one, episode two of What If. And uh, why did we not cover episode one, Ed? Um. You threw a fit. <laughs> I not throw a fit. It's just like, and I think even you can admit, like, the, oh, what if Peggy Carter got the Super Soldier Serum? It was kind of boring. Yeah, I'll say this about the what if. I mean, I didn't think it was a bad episode, but to me it was no, it wasn't just bad, like. But it was like, here's the thing, and I'm sorry to cut in, but I just love to do it, of course. But um, the thing with this show what if is that like it's not of consequence it's not canon so you're already kind of behind the eight ball for certain people so you've got to do you've got to make the content that you are putting out very interesting very entertaining they do that in episode two and i'm just going to be on that first episode was not that good yeah it was to me it was just what if captain america was a woman but we told it in a half hour instead of a two hour movie. And other than, you know, yeah, that you added, what was he, the Hydra Smasher or whatever. Uh, other yeah. than that, and like the big squid at the end, it's like it was almost the same thing. And it's like also, there's, uh, she disappears for 70 years, just like, you know, Captain America did. And to me, like, I loved the What If comics growing up. But, I mean, um, just. They were just crazy fantasy booking, which was a lot of fun. Um, but they, that, that to me, that one wasn't different enough. And I just think there's so many zany ideas 
as far as uh, the what if stuff. I mean, you can look at some of them. I'm trying to remember what. There was one where I can't remember who it is, but it's like, what if so and so was during the time of King Arthur? Like, it's so insane, and I can't. I wish I remember who it was. Um, let me Google it real quick. Uh, unfortunately, some of the ones that I read the most related to the X-Men, so uh, we won't be getting those. But those always, to me, made the best what-ifs. But Spider-Man always had good what-ifs. There was one where it's like, what if Spider-Man just stayed a celebrity? And he was like a big talk... He went on the talk show circuits and stayed being a wrestler. That one was really cool. Uh, <laughs> Fantastic Four has some good ones as well. Uh, obviously, we won't get those. But, uh, but yeah, uh, I think... One upcoming one that I'm looking forward to is, like, what if Ultron got the Infinity Gauntlet? So that should be good. But, yeah, the first one, to me, just wasn't much of a what if. It was just, like, what if Captain America had a vagina? And it's, like, it's cool, but it was essentially the same plot as the movie. I mean, like, they barely use Captain America. They used him as, like, a mascot. And it's, like, well, he's not a real soldier. And it's the same thing with this. Where it's, like, oh, she's a woman. She can't do it. And I don't know. <laughs> it was kind of the same parallel there. But it, it just, to me, it wasn't different enough. Episode 2, now that was different. Yes, very much so. Very much so. Uh, and let's start off with what if, man. Um, you want to go quick recap and then give our thoughts, or what are we thinking? It was uh, also Iron Man who fought in the time of King Arthur. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so I really enjoyed this episode a lot. And it was, what if T'Challa became Star-Lord? And first thing I loved about it is they actually made they made it make sense as far as why these dudes went to Earth and why they picked up T'Challa instead of Peter Quill. Because it's like he had the energy and, and you know, they just mistook him. And then you had the one scene where it's like, you know, they can't distinguish between Chadwick Boseman and Chris Pratt. And it's like, <laughs> all Earthlings look the same. So that was good. <laughs> And then my favorite part was how uh, Thanos is basically a member of the um, Guardians. The, yeah, the Guardian. Well, sort of the Guardians, where he's just like going on about like, well, you know, if it was up to me, here's what I would do. And they're like, well, that's genocide, Thanos. And they just kind of laugh about it. Like, and I do love the well, like it's not really though because it's random. Yeah, <laughs> that was really good. I love that line. Mm -hmm. And uh, yeah. And I, by the way. I Again, I'm cutting in, of course, like a prick. But um, I noticed, because I checked IMDb, because I'm like, that doesn't sound like Josh Brolin. Sure enough. But then I like when I heard Drax in the one scene he was in. Not Batista. Yeah, I thought that was strange that they were able to get, you know, the late Chadwick Boseman to, to do the voice. I mean, obviously, they recorded it before he died, obviously. But, yeah, like, you had... Course. Josh Brolin doing the voice here. You had, um, uh, what's his face doing the voice for Yondu. Um, <laughs> um, I'm thinking it is, um, Michael Rooker. Yes. Carnage. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, no, what, the, what do you mean? That ain't carnage. Wait, who's carnage? It's Woody Harrelson. Yeah. 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 Okay. Well, they look alike. <laughs> No, they don't. They kind of do. Just like T'Challa and no, Peter Quill look alike. My, no, Michael Rooker is much older than, than Woody Harrelson. Let me look at him. Maybe I'm thinking of someone else. Okay, I know what Woody Harrelson looks like. Let me see Michael Rooker again. 
he kind of looks like him. I don't know where I got Carnage, though. That was stupid. But um, as soon as I said that, I'm like, that's not right. But, but yeah, they <laughs> and then they got, um, oh, for the uh, Benicio Del Toro, they got him. But it's like, yeah. we just couldn't get Batista. <laughs> so, like, that was weird. Like, of all of these A-list celebrities, like, the, the maybe B-list celebrity they couldn't get. So, eh. <laughs> weird. But, yeah, I really enjoyed the episode. Um, that was, to me, that's what What If should be like. It's like, we take a story, but, like, really jumble up a lot of the characters. And, um, yeah, that was uh, that was really good. Let's see. Am I missing anything from the episode? Uh... Oh, we did get um, a Howard the Duck. That was um, that was fun. Played by Seth him. Green. I didn't see him, man. How I must did you not see out? him. He played a he had a pretty decent role, and he was uh, Seth Green was Howard the Duck. I must have just turned my head at the wrong time or something. Maybe, but yeah, that was uh, he he was in it, and um, let's see. Um, I'm trying to remember any other important part. Well. Hmm. I mean, these are only like oh, uh, barely a half hour, what, so. Uh, Peter Quill was working at a fast food joint when Ego, the Living Planet, showed up. Yes, that's right. And then, so basically, they determined like if T'Challa was Star Lord, uh, you know, Ego would have destroyed Earth. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah, it's probably a good thing that uh, that, that wasn't the case. Yeah, yeah. So, For, from an Earthling's perspective, I would agree. Um, let's see here. Oh, real quick, before we talk blank check, which I do have all the everything, you know, I got all that. A mm-hmm. uh, couple of happenings in wrestling. CM Punk made his return, one of the worst kept secrets in all of wrestling. But uh, pretty cool moment, pretty cool moment for sure. Uh, yeah confirmed what a lot of people suspected for the past month, Punk versus Darby at All Out in two weeks, I believe. Yeah, something like that. Uh, yeah. Yeah, that should be uh that was uh that was a good moment. And I li- I didn't mind that it was like you said the worst kept secret. Um I mean the the whole argument of like, oh well should they advertise it or shouldn't they? They didn't need to, clearly, so They and, basically did. Yeah. They all I mean, but confirmed it. They they danced around it. They, you know, hey, I don't care if you're the best in the world. <laughs> like, come on. Like, you basically advertised it. And that's yeah. how you sold out the United Center. Yeah. I mean, if you if, if, if this news took you by surprise, I mean, I don't know what to tell you. I mean, but yeah, it's... Uh, uh, good, for you. good for you, I would say, because you got to... Uh, give a very genuine and surprised reaction, which, I mean, yeah, good. <laughs> I, yeah, I suppose so. I mean... Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I um, I thought it was pretty cool. Um, it's good to see him back. Um, you know, we'll see we'll see what he can do, you know? He, uh, and then I just saw today Bray Wyatt expected to join, so then we already know Daniel Bryan probably going to join, so they're getting, uh, uh, getting I, a lot of names. I really hope that uh, CM Punk's return, because it could be this, because it's been seven years since he wrestled. 
uh, actually over seven years, seven and a half. Um, I hope this isn't a warrior in WCW situation. Ooh, I would hope not. And I mean, now obviously, like, yeah, he's at CM least Punk kept in shape. Worst, that's the thing. CM Punk at his worst is not going to be as bad as warrior in WCW, but it could be a huge drop off, you know? Yeah, I would agree. I'm also, I mean, the other, I, I would, I would also say possibly, um, and this is uh, another match at all out. If if Andrade doesn't have a great match with Pac, that's uh, not ideal. I, I thought his match with um, Seidel was fine, and then you know he got ripped for his match with uh, with Omega, and then he got mad at Dave Meltzer on Twitter, and it's like, well, well, your match with Seidel here's... was only okay, dude, and now you're facing Pac, so it better be damn good. So here's the thing. Um, that Kenny match, it was not good, but it was not booked to be good because I don't, did you watch triple mania or did you have anything else better to do? I did not watch triple mania. Well, triple a has a heel ref. And for some reason they put him in the world title match and had him affect the outcome. It was real weird. And then there was the whole Ric Flair and Conan thing. And yeah, it was not, not a well booked match to be truthful. Um, but yeah, I'm not, I've not been nearly as high on Andrade on, on Andrade as other people have even back to his NXT days. I've basically said for years now, like he's basically Mexican Dean Malenko. If that offends people, I'm sorry. I just, he's not Alberto Del Rio. He's not a charisma vacuum, but not that entertaining from a, from outside of the ring. You know what I mean? Yeah, see, I there was a time in NXT when I was like, this guy, if you even add in the WWE main roster, he's the best worker in the company, and I really believed that. And then he got called up. But he's up. a very good worker. Yeah. I'm not going to take away from his working ability, that's for sure. Yeah, he got called up, didn't do much, and now he has the one match with Seidel. It's just one match, and he was okay in it, but I I, I was on the fence about him coming in. Like, I, I could have taken it or leaving it. I mean... Uh, I initially liked the pairing with Vicky, but it was quickly obvious that it wasn't really working, so they switched it, which I think is a little bit better. But um, <laughs> I don't know. Travel Guerrero doesn't do it for me. No, nah, it's not. I mean, honestly, I feel like um, Alex Abrahantes would be the best for him. But, I mean, it's better than Vicky, I guess. But, eh, yeah, whatever. I don't know. You know what? Uh, the thing is, like, Chavo Guerrero's days are probably numbered because... Ric Flair is probably going to end up over there. That's true. That's true. I mean, yeah, that's a good point. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I mean, oh. that's uh, that's enough on Andrade. We'll see. If you can't have a good match with Pac, then um, it's not. It's going to be trouble for him. But uh, we had so, another uh, big uh, event over the weekend. Yeah, SummerSlam. The last SummerSlam. Night on a sack, which, by the way threw me all the way off because I kept thinking like, okay, you know, go to work tomorrow and watch raw afterward because I'm used to SummerSlam on Sunday. Uh, I don't mind the change. I like, I like wrestling shows on Saturdays, quite frankly, but, um, yeah, but 
Real quick hot takes. I was hyped to see Brock Lesnar. I'm not going to lie to you, especially, you know, juxtaposed with uh, Roman Reigns, because we know by default, Brock is going to be the face in the feud. So it's like, OK, cool. I haven't seen face Brock and like saw him once in 2015 and for a little bit in 2003. That's it. Well, can I have I have two complaints that are nothing to do with the matches or the feuds or the wrestlers real quick. Uh, number one, yeah. uh, you'll notice I called it the SummerSlam because WWE, <laughs> if you're going to have celebrities, and look, that's fine. You should have celebrities that show up and it's like, hey, it makes your product cooler when these celebrities uh, are wa- are watching and associated with it. But when they yep. show up and they're like, the SummerSlam, oh, look, here's Damian <laughs> Priest, the new national champion. It just makes it look <laughs> like they're here because you're paying them. And it does the opposite. It's like, oh, they clearly don't follow the product and can't even be bothered to learn. Which, that being said, Tiffany Haddish, you're an actor. Uh, you can't memorize these easy lines. Maybe that's why you've never been in a good movie. So that's number one. Uh, number two, <laughs> these these skits in between the matches have got to stop. <laughs> like, I turned it yeah. on and it's like... Uh, when did I turn it on? I turned it on... Um, well, at one point, I've seen it all now. I watched the rest this morning, but it's like Nakamura's coming out, and I'm like, okay, I didn't even think he was wrestling. And then it's like, okay, he's gone. Now let's get to. Th-. I'm like, what the hell was the point of that? There was that the wrestlers coming out, which you, which is fine because you're trying to woo them and sign them both. I would assume, um, but it's like you could have done that on the pre-show, and then the god awful skit with the water and uh, like you could have cut easy 20 minutes off this show. Look, yes, you could have, but something very cool came out of that uh, that moist TV segment, and it's that there is a new day, there is a Wolfpack inspired New Day shirt. Yeah, but you could have done that some That's other time, cool. maybe on Raw. That's cool, man. That's a shirt. Like I haven't bought a WWE shirt in quite a long time. That's one I'm contemplating. Yeah. Well, anyway, that was my complaint. Otherwise, <laughs> but like. Um, yeah. Yeah. Just you could have cut. It was uh, the show was like over four hours, so you could have. There's 20 minutes that you could have yeah. just cut for nothing. I mean, the entrances and video packages are long enough. So, um, but yeah, as far as general thoughts, um, let's see. I mean, uh, let's see. okay. So I I really enjoy Damian Priest, but. Uh, he doesn't seem to be getting over and probably feuding him with the Miz for five months and zombies was no help. They, they, they had a good match, but they really, they tried, but the crowd just couldn't really get into it, which is unfortunate. Um, and of course the big return of Becky Lynch, (sighs) man, I don't know about that one. (laughs) It's a weird booking decision because it's like, Okay, Becky was, like, heel adjacent in her action of, like, oh, go for the slap, and then, you know, you know, okay, pardon me, lean in like you're going to shake the hand, go for the slap, disorient the opponent, blah, blah, blah. It's like, that's heelish. And then she's celebrating like a face would. And I don't know. I'm interested to see where they go with it. I I do think it was a misstep. Um, Quite frankly, if I can put the booker hat on for a second, because like you, I like to offer solutions. You know, not just excuses, you know. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, We're not complainers. We're said, solution finders. Exactly, yeah. I don't embrace excuses. I embrace solutions. John mm-hmm. Taffer. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> that being said, 
what I would have done here was, you know, because they're like, okay, Sasha Banks can't compete, which everyone, that was the suspicion for quite some time was Sasha Banks wasn't going to be able to wrestle, probably has COVID. Yeah, um, which, uh, and now that, you know, and which is worse maybe, because apparently she's not vaccinated. Well, yeah, she went on. I don't, I don't know if she was anti-vax, but I think she did have some posts like, it's my choice. And it's like, well, okay, well, there's what well, happened. Here's the thing. Yeah, here's the thing. She is a 30-year-old female. Um, and, you know, we don't know all the side effects about the vaccine, blah, blah, blah. Maybe she wants to have a kid at some point in time and doesn't want to risk infertility. Uh, a lot of women around my age have not been vaccinated for that very same reason. They still wear masks and everything, but whatever. Anyway, that aside, enough COVID talk. Um, what I would have done, I have Carmella come out, you know, because, okay, she's going to face Carmella. Bianca just beats her inside of, like, two minutes or something. It's like, okay, the Carmella feud is done, though. Absolutely done. And then Becky comes out, shakes Bianca's hand, and then, adds, you know, somehow, some way gets her in the disarmor. And there's your feud, and you don't have to t- you don't have to flip the belt, but you've built that next feud up. Yeah, I don't even mind the match, but it, like at least give it some time. I, I just, I mean, <laughs> it, it all depends on the follow up. But you know, the last yeah. time they had a person of color win their championship match at WrestleMania and then lose in a squash match. Uh, that person oh. has not been to the world title match. Her, sorry, that person has not uh, sniffed the world title uh, ever since. Although I think he maybe had a main event at some point, like during the COVID era. But like we know he wasn't going to win. That's Kofi, by the way. Um, <laughs> I don't know. It depends on the follow up. We'll see. I don't have high hopes. I, I I feel like they're definitely going to do something that will infuriate fans. And I'm telling you right now. There's a stretch of road in Florida when you're driving from Tampa to Miami. It's like 55 miles long. It's built on a swamp. There are no exits because of that. And there are signs, plenty of signs, as you're approaching it, saying, Hey, coming up, no exits. Get your gas while you can. Get your food. Get your you know, bathroom, whatever, because it's coming. 55 miles. There's plenty of signs. I'm one of those signs right now, WWE. Do not give people Becky fatigue. It will happen if you keep doing stuff like this. Don't do it, okay? I'm telling you right now. This is your. This is the first sign, okay? You can get away with it now, but don't, uh, don't, don't keep, don't have her just keep squashing people that people like, because eventually people won't like her. You know, see Roman Reigns as a babyface run for <laughs> more examples of that. So that's all I'm yeah. gonna say. Um, let's see. Drew Gender was a nothing match. Uh, Charlotte. God, I love Charlotte, but like this, this whole switching the title just to keep padding her reigns is completely yeah. manufactured and not organic at all. And it just seems like ever since she debuted, they've been mark, they've been building toward a match where she gets to like surpass her father and his title reign. So probably WrestleMania. I'm gonna give them the benefit of the doubt and say WrestleMania 2023. Uh, they'll probably be like, can Charlotte finally get more title reigns than her dad? Because um, I don't know what she's at now. 13, I think, or 14, maybe. 12, I think. They, they took away 12? the NXT. Yeah, they I did. I don't know. Which is, I mean, like, you know, and it's like Flair, well, Ric Flair 
did it over a 20 year career and he <laughs> and it was NWA, WCW, uh, WWF where he won all the titles in different companies and it's like Charlotte debuted what 6 years ago and is already like closing in on her father. So it's yeah. just been a lot of padding and that makes it not yeah. as fun, but she has great matches, so I can't hate on her, but man, um also, maybe it's time for Nikki Ash to uh, be a superhero or something. And I've been rewatching the invasion, and the thing that got Hurricane over was he acted like a superhero, and never once did he give like these dorky inspirational messages. So, <laughs> just a thought. So, stop comparing her oh, to Hurricane my. because Hurricane was way better at this. Hell, Mighty Molly is way better at this. She's just <laughs> too corny. Uh, Edge and Seth Rollins uh, was phenomenal. That was the match yeah, of the night. Very... Yeah. People loved that brood interlude, by the way. That was really good. And I liked the storyline of, like, if Seth Rollins hits the boot, it could end Edge's career. That was, it's simple, and it was good. And then Edge doing yeah. all the old stuff, the edge, I forgot all about the educator. Like, that was good. <laughs> I yeah, the educator, that. the execution, yeah. I just wish Seth Rollins had a gimmick. I don't know what he's supposed to be. He comes out dressed like a matador. Like, what? what are you? So, I don't know. But, uh, he's just a, he's a guy who wears uh, kooky yeah. outfits and he's full of himself. Yeah, would be the have, best way. We, to we have two of those on Raw, Miz and Morrison. So, <laughs> uh, Lashley and Goldberg. This Goldberg. Oh, that was bad. This Goldberg thing has got to stop, but it's not going to, and it makes me mad. Yeah, Goldberg. Goldberg's matches have not been presentable since like pre Saudi Arabia Taker. Like, yeah, I think people are over the Goldberg downhill. nostalgia train. Clearly, it's been downhill. And his best effort was when he beat Dolph Ziggler inside two minutes at SummerSlam 2019. Yeah, that was good, but like this, it's, people are clearly over him. And yeah, I just I, the fact that we're getting another one, and maybe it'll be in Saudi Arabia, maybe it'll be at Extreme Rules, which. I think I might go to, and I'll tell you why, even though I'm complaining about this pay-per-view, which I thought was probably like a C-minus pay-per-view, honestly. Um, uh, but um, the reason I'm going, a couple reasons. One, I haven't been to Nationwide Arena since February of 2020, and I just want to do more stuff, quite frankly. I just want to go out and do stuff. Uh, number two, even though I'm just complained about them, I've never seen Goldberg wrestle, so I can at least check that off the bucket list. He was supposed to wrestle at a house show way back when he was the champion the very first time in like a cage match against Kane, but he got injured. He came out and cut a promo, and Triple H interrupted him, and then I think he speared him, but then the main event was like Kane versus Shane in a cage, which, whatever. But um, So yeah, it's really just a selfish reason. I just like to see him wrestle just so I can say I've seen Goldberg even though I just complained about Goldberg getting a title match so I'm very aware of my hypocrisy there uh, but yeah I, I'm kind of over the Goldberg stuff um, and then the main event Reigns beat Cena thought it was a pretty good match first 10 minutes was a little dull but overall it was it was fun and then of course Brock Lesnar came back which you are excited with his about. man bun yeah, that's yeah. a terrible haircut. <laughs> um, a mohawk bun. I never thought I'd see one of them. Yeah. Nothing against Brock. I like him. I was not one of the people who was like tired of Lesnar holding the belt all the time. 
but it's August, right? August is not even over. And already this year, we've had Goldberg twice just show up and be like, I'm Goldberg, give me a title match. We had Cena show up and be like, I'm John Cena, give me a title match. And now Gold- er, now Lesnar, I'm Brock Lesnar, give me a title match. And that's not even counting the times they've done this before this year with like Cain Velasquez, who is not a returning legend, but the same <laughs> idea. Uh, Goldberg's done it a few times where it's like, I'm Goldberg, give me a title match. And it's like, my God. Like, because I was expecting the show to end. I knew when I knew Roman would win because he was not going to leave WWE. I expected the show to end with Big E coming in to cash in. And I was like, this is going to be great. And then it's like, Brock's music hits. It's like, yep, that's that sounds about right. I thought because they made such an emphasis on Big E losing his briefcase and getting it back, it's like, perfect time. Get that big baby face cash in moment. And it's like, nope. We got to go back to what we know, and the the Botchamania account on Facebook, when he was summing up the his thoughts on it, said it best. He's like, this show is basically WWE saying, we're happy with our stars we have now, and we do not want to build any more at this time. And that's kind of what it was, where I'm like, oh, we're just doing this again. And look, if maybe, maybe if they hadn't done it so much, I wouldn't have minded, but it's like, there's four times I just mentioned where it's happened already this year. And then you count Edge. Edge at least earned his title match, so I can't can't be that mad about him. But, like, everyone else just shows up and be like, here I am, title shot, and they just get it. And it's just, ugh, I'm kind of over it. Like, just build up new people, please, you know. But, no, Brock Lesnar's here, so sorry, Biggie, you're going to have to wait your turn. So that's uh, that's my thought on it. Yeah, yeah, but uh, I'm excited to see where they go for sure. But hey, enough wrestling, enough what if. Let's talk about 1994 Walt Disney Pictures. <clears throat> Blank check. And yeah. uh, the very first thing here to dig up the old time capsule. Now, this was released on February 11, 1994. I was not born, so... Oh. I was somewhere in my mom's uh, womb at the time. Well, I was in third grade. So I had, let's see, third grade teacher was Miss Getz. And, um, yeah, I was, you know, it was probably uh, was winter. So, um, you know, I don't know. <laughs> it was cold and I was in third <laughs> grade. And I was uh, yep. at, uh, eight years old at the time. So, yeah, good times. No. Nah. Nice, dude, nice. Okay, the number one song in the United States at the time, by a Canadian, actually, The Power of Love by Celine Dion. Ooh, nice. I can't, on- can't honestly say I've heard this song before. What? I'm sure you have. Have you ever seen Back to the Future? Yeah, but it's been a long time. That's the power of love. Yeah. No, that's not. No, that's a Huey Lewis song. What are you talking about? What song are you thinking? Of? What song is this then? Okay, yeah, you're right. They're the same. Did she cover it then? Maybe I just ignored what uh, the artist. I don't just think said. it's a cover. I think it's just you know the same title but a different song. You know what I'm saying? Okay, yeah, because that's clearly Either a man way. singing it in Back to the Future. I don't know what I was thinking. Yeah, come on, dude. 
Come on. <laughs> uh, that was another uh, Michael Rooker moment. I don't know what I'm thinking yeah. of. Jeez, you got that dementia brain. Yeah, You're, the, twi- the twisties uh, okay. again. <clears throat> yep, sure enough. The Let's see here. So the ECW championship was like a regional championship at the time. It wasn't yet the... Uh, you know, the ECW East, that we the know. Eastern comp, their Eastern Championship Wrestling. Champion. Yep. Uh, Terry Funk had it. Oh. This was about a month before Shane Douglas threw down the threw down the 10 pounds of gold and crowned himself the ECW champion. So nice. just shy of that historic moment. Uh, in WCW, Ric Flair was the World Heavyweight Champion. What a shock. Hell yeah. And, and in the WWF, Yokozuna was in his second and final run as the World Wrestling Federation champion. God, what a shock. The Anawai family with the title. Yeah, the Anwas just running the game. Uh, and this was like a month before, or two months before WrestleMania 10. So, not quite Bret Hart, but you know, whatever. Um, oh, crap, I didn't write the budget down, did you? I sure did. Good job. Thirteen million dollar budget, box office thirty nine million. Wow. Yeah. That's really I, good. I forgot to write down the cost of inflation. Well, who cares? Millions of dollars. There you go. <laughs> oh man. What what about the critical reception of this? Well, not great. Nine percent and the fans uh thirty four. Oh, goodness. (laughs) I thought it deserved a little more. I mean, look, the reason I picked this is because it's so awesomely 90s. Uh, I mean, (laughs) it's it's got everything. It's got, um, you know, uh, the colors that the kids wore, like the... uh, Yeah, like the the shirt that Butch wears when they go to the the Six Flags, like, that's just reeks of 90s. The virtual reality, all the stuff he buys, uh, Home Alone ripoff, it's all so great in the 90s, so that is why I chose it. Um, plus, yeah. I have a... Uh, I think... Well, I'll wait till the end of the movie Go. to ask my uh, my uh, my fun little um, conversation piece. Okay, okay. Um, I didn't realize this, and it kind of surprises me. But this movie was, like, entirely shot in the state of Texas. It was, yeah. And uh, it took yeah. place in Indiana. <laughs> yeah. For some reason. That's a very interesting choice, you know? It's like, I've been to several spots in Texas. I've not been to Indiana, so I can't say, like, oh, hey, that doesn't look like Indiana. But, you know. Uh, it looks like any suburb in any city ever, so I guess. Fair enough. Fair um, enough. I would say, oh, my history with the movie. I believe I saw it actually in the drive-in. Sounds about right. Oh. But I haven't seen it since. And now I have. Yeah. Uh, I've seen it, like, I think I saw it once as a kid. But that's it. And I can't remember when I saw it, but I know I was a child. A child at the time. Yeah, I mean, it's, uh, it's a good kid's movie, I guess, you know. It's, uh, I suppose, yes. <laughs> it's got a lot of stupid adults. That's another great <laughs> early 90s cliche where it's like everything has to go just right and the adults have to be really stupid. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You're absolutely right. Um, 
Let's see here. Let's talk about the cast real quick. Shout out to Tone Loke as Juice, man. <laughs> he was the great. He was the best part of it, which, I mean, it's a low bar in my opinion, but but I enjoyed him. He had a lot of great, a lot of great lines, and uh, he was uh, the, really the big standout of the movie for me. Mm-hmm. You know who stood out to me as a bad parent in this? <laughs> the dad? Yes, the dad. James Reborn, Fred Waters. Yeah. Um, just a, a, a terrible father, really. And yes. um, <laughs> clear favoritism. Uh, the fact that he wanted uh-huh. to, his son at seven years old or whatever, eight years old, to get a job <laughs> is uh, really bizarre. Yes. And then just sacrifices some of his room so his brothers could uh, start a business, which... Uh, yeah. And then he just buys them a computer, and then he just... mean Which, you know, a couple hundred dollars at the time. And then uh, he's like, here, you're going to a birthday party. Here's six dollars. Like, Yeah. Oh, thanks, Dad. I can maybe buy a, uh, you know, a drink and a hot dog. Yep, exactly. Exactly. Yeah, not a good dad. Um, Miguel Ferrer from uh, RoboCop and The Stand yeah. as Quigley. <laughs> oh, man, what a... He just... And it's a kid's movie, so I don't blame him, but he chewed up the scenery here. He did, but, uh, you know... I, I was particularly interested in this because, as someone who works in bank fraud, uh, just a, a, a terrible, terrible money launderer, uh, his his actions would lead him to be caught very easily. Uh, and I realize <laughs> this is 93, where you didn't have online banking and things like that, but uh, just giving money to a bank... Whoa! Sorry, I was doing, uh, sorry, I was doing some reconnaissance. I... Clicked on Miguel Ferrer's Wikipedia. Did you know he was George Clooney's cousin? No. And I say was because unfortunately he died in 2017. Yeah, sad. Yeah, but, uh, I agree. But sorry, I cut you off. Go ahead. But yeah, he uh, just giving money to a bank and then just withdrawing it with a check made out to cash for a million dollars is uh, yeah. about the laziest form of money laundering uh, you could think of. And um, yeah, That seems kind of perfect. Yeah, and the fact that he's escaped from prison is just walking around um, and trying to make... And then also the large purchases. Like, anyone, anyone will tell you, um, if you're laundering money, the last thing you want to do is go make large purchases. Um, like a house? Like a house, yeah, which was insanely underpriced for that house, even in 93, like $180,000 for a castle. Uh, seems like a, quite a bargain. Yeah. But, uh, but yeah, um, a terrible money launderer, and uh, didn't seem to be at all concerned about the fact that he was just out in the open driving through a park uh, when he's a felon, and again, <laughs> trying to buy a house when he's a wanted criminal. Just, you know. Whatever. So a, a terrible criminal and uh, not great in the movie, but uh, served his purpose, I suppose. Yeah, just uh, needed a villain. Who yeah. else do we need to talk about? Shay Stanley, or pardon me, Karen Duffy is Shay Stanley. 
Potential pedophile? Potential pedophile. Uh, definitely, you know, you see all these, um, like, the mug shots of the teachers, and it's like they sexually harass their students, and, like, the teachers are always really good-looking, and all the comments are like, well, what could that have been me when I was in high school? And it's like, <laughs> eh, it can, can still kind of screw you up uh, as a kid, but uh, this yeah. would this would fit foot this would uh, fit the bill as far as like um, gorgeous woman uh, potentially statutory rapes a young child although she didn't but uh, there was a lot of weird red flags in this movie oh absolutely absolutely um, I can't praise Karen Duffy's efforts here but again it's also a Walt Disney children movie i don't know what she could do with what she was given yeah i mean you know she had the one scene where she was all wet that was cool <laughs> oh man uh brian bonzal is preston waters aka mr mcintosh uh have we seen him in anything since this well it's funny you should ask no <laughs> <laughs> But uh, he he retired shortly after from acting, and now he's a musician. And yeah. much like, um, who was it, uh, Justin the Blue Ranger from Power Rangers uh, Turbo, I had to look him up as well. And much like Justin, he has now uh, got a bunch of tattoos, and he is a singer in a band. But um, unfortunately, he's gotten himself into a little bit of trouble. In March Uh-oh. of 2007, Bonsell was arrested on charges of assaulting his girlfriend. He was sentenced to two years probation. December of 2009, he was arrested for third-degree assault and failure to appear in connection with the 2007 assault on his girlfriend. February of 2010, he was arrested on charges of using marijuana in violation of the terms of his release. He was sentenced in April 2010 to two years probation. But... In uh, 2016, he commented on his legal problems, and he said, My drunken run-ins with the law were about 10 years behind me. I mean, not quite, but okay. <laughs> and uh, I mean, they were nine at the worst, <laughs> but eh, whatever, yeah. semantics. Uh, they're behind me, so I'm pretty happy about that. I'm not proud of my past mistakes, but you live and you learn. So, okay, I- I guess that's good that he's uh, rebounded, but yeah, had a had a bit of a run in there, but uh, yeah, it's kind of crazy that he's like, you know, there's Preston, and now he's all grown up, and he's got a bunch of tattoos, and he's a singer, and he's beating up his girlfriend, and it's just very, uh, very strange, but uh, you know, it happens with child actors, I suppose. Huh. Yeah, I suppose you're right. Um... I'm thinking maybe I should check out this band Sunset Silhouette and see if any of their stuff is remotely good. Yeah. I mean, look, I I would, uh, if I was him, I'd have, like, at least one song about a blank check. I mean. Oh, absolutely, dude. Yeah. Well, do you want to... Oh, by the way, and we forgot... um, Yeah, we need to get into the movie, but I did love Rick... Oh, my God, how do I pronounce this last name? The chauffeur Henry, I liked him. Rick, ooh, <laughs> Dukamanun. Dukaman, maybe. Yeah, maybe. Uh, yeah, way. he was all right. Um, 
not yeah. super hilarious, but uh, a good buddy, I suppose. Yeah, good buddy, and uh, I don't know, maybe it's my own headcanon, but I suspected, like, he kind of knew what Preston was up to. Like, he, he can't be that stupid. Well, you know? a lot of people in the movie were that stupid, so maybe. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I expected Henry knew, and I also expected, at some point, his dad kind of figured it out. Uh, Where I think they pretty blatantly clear at, like, around, like, the last 30 minutes of the movie. Maybe. I don't know. In one. And then one at the end as well. Yeah. Well, we open with a man who has escaped prison. He finds a stash of money he planted and recovers it. There's a million dollars in a briefcase. And then we meet Preston, who uh, whose brothers have started a business called Hand and Foot, complete with a pretty stupid-looking handshake. And Preston's dad buys the kids a new Apple computer for their business. And they like they use up half of his room, and it's like, well, they're entrepreneurs, and you know, you should be too, instead of playing around. It's like he's eight. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Open up a lemonade stand. I don't know. I mean, like, yeah, I guess, but That's like, literally, the best he could do is open up a lemonade stand, or be like, yeah, hey, I'll rake your leaf. Mow yards. I mean, like, what? I mean, like, what are you really gonna do besides, like? He doesn't have to. I mean, like, if I had a son who was around eight years old and he didn't start a business, I wouldn't be like, you should start a business. But at the <laughs> same time, it's like, if he did, I guess I'd be proud of him. But, I mean, when I was yeah. eight, you know, my parents gave me an allowance, and apparently Preston's parents do not. So, um, yeah, their parents are kind of douchebags. A little bit. A little bit. Yeah. Uh, and Preston's also the only one that knows how to operate a computer in the family, which in 93 I would buy. I would buy that in 93. I still remember my first computer. I remember when it went into the screensaver. Uh, I'd never seen the screensaver before. And my mom was like, oh, don't touch it. It must be doing something. And then, like, we just bumped it. And it's like, oh, I see. <laughs> it's like, you know, it goes to the screensaver. It's like, oh, my gosh, what's what's happening? Why is it doing this? So, yeah, I would buy that, like, no one in the house knows about a computer. Yeah, that's fair enough. Uh, let's see. The Preston then goes to his friend. Well, it's not really his friend. He's, like, a school bully, but his name's Butch. Goes to his birthday party at uh, Six Flags. Well, that's the thing. Preston doesn't have friends. He's not a very... Honestly, not a very likable kid. No. I mean... He, he doesn't have much of a personality, except uh, he's, like, I get his parent. I mean, I get his point of view where it's like, my parents suck because they never give me any money and I don't have any money to do anything. But at the same time, he makes, like, a big deal out of it. Like, I need money. I'm greedy. So the whole family kind of uh, sucks. Yeah, pretty much. Pretty much. Like, they've got their priorities, especially Preston has his priorities all out of whack, and it's honestly kind of his dad's fault. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because right here is a great example. Uh, his cheap-ass dad only gives him $6, so all he gets to do is ride the kiddie rides, while the kids get to mm -hmm. ride, like, the good rides. And it's like, you just bought your other son, like, a computer, which is hundreds of dollars. You couldn't have given your own son, like, 40 you know, yeah. I don't know. 
20 a $20 20? bill? Like, jeez, $6. Thanks, Dad. Tight ass. <laughs> yep. Get a crowbar and pry open his wallet. <laughs> but Preston, whose birthday is also coming up, gets an early present. It's a blank check from his grandma who forgot to fill in the amount. So the dad forges it to make it $11. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, meanwhile, Don't spend it all on one plate, bud. Yeah. Thanks. Uh, meanwhile, Carl Quigley, the criminal from before, he goes into the bank with his $1 million. He wants his banker, Biederman, to launder it for him. And he's like, you know, tomorrow a guy named Juice is going to come in for the check and you give him the money, which is... Uh, not how money laundering really works, but uh, for the purposes of this movie, I'll allow it. Yeah. Yes, if you're wondering, money laundering is uh, using dirty money into disguising it as good money through legitimate business transactions. So, <laughs> make a... Uh, it's just basically see Breaking Bad, you know. Uh, if you have a cash-based yeah, business... Yeah. Yeah, Saul Goodman explains it. Yes. Yeah. If you have a cash based business, you just on your balance sheet, like, oh, we only made five hundred dollars today. Actually we made eight hundred and I used three hundred dollars of my bad money and threw it into the balance sheet and now we made eight hundred and now it appears legitimate. And now the IRS is not gonna come after me. That's how you launder money. So don't do it though. Cause uh you can still catch people doing it that way. Uh mm-hmm. meanwhile, oh, no, nope, I already read that. Um, so yes, Carl goes uh, from the bank, or rather, the same at the same time. Carl's at the bank. Um, what's his face? Um, uh, Preston also goes there. He wants uh, to open up an account with Shay, the attractive bank teller. Um, but they're like, "Well, you have to have two hundred dollars to open up an account," and he only has eleven. So sorry. Pretty sure you can open up a savings account with anything, but whatever. So, anyway, Biederman also gives Carl these temporary checks to use in the meantime. It's like, you can't wait one day. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm not sure what the, like, have some patience, dude. You've been in prison for how long? Yeah, however long. And then he's like, in the meantime, use these checks. And then, uh, what's this, Juice will come in tomorrow and get the money. Yeah, like you said, why not wait one day? Well, he doesn't. He takes the temp. He takes the the checks, and uh, Butch, this little dickhead friend of uh, Preston, steals his eleven dollars, and he's like running through the parking lot, and in the whole melee, and Carl accidentally runs over Preston's bike, and. All these people are surrounding, and they're like, oh my gosh, what's going on? Is your kid okay? Even the cops are, like, driving around the parking lot. So Carl just kind of panics, and he's like, here's a check. Just give it to your dad. He'll know what to do with it. So luckily for Preston, Carl uh, was, was doing this whole money laundering bit and wasn't just some random dude with, like, an account with, like, $3,000 in it, and then... Uh, yeah. He wrote a check for a million dollars and bounced the check for insufficient yeah, this, funds. This, this required a lot of good luck. Yeah, this was the absolute perfect storm of everything, because clearly Preston doesn't know how checks work. 
<laughs> so he's like, well, I'll just write it for whatever, and then they have to give it to me. It's like, well, there has to be enough in that account. Luckily, there was. It was just dirty money. So yeah, yeah. What? What? How fortunate. Mm-hmm. So Preston's grounded because he keeps complaining about money. And then he prints out the check for $1 million, makes it out to cash, and he goes to the bank, and they're like, yeah, sure, this is legit. But then Biederman thinks it's like, oh, this must be juice. And it's like, even though he said no. <laughs> He's like, juice? Yeah. Like, no thanks, I'm not thirsty. So <laughs> idiot Biederman's like, well, this still must be juice. And he just gives the kid all this money. And then uh, juice does come in. And he asks, like, where's the money? And he's like, I just gave it to this kid. And then they realize it was the kid with the backpack. And meanwhile, Carl's trying to buy a house because, you know, uh, sorry, he's trying to buy a castle. And, um, <laughs> which is on the market for 150 hey, Which is a great They deal. may as well have said, like, hey, he's going to buy the Alamo. <laughs> yeah. This was a gorgeous house. Um, yes. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I saw uh, just today, I don't know if it was just today, but uh, Nelly, his uh, mansion in the suburbs of St. Louis is on sale, a short sale, so he's Ooh. not doing well. It's like uh, three, uh, 300 and some thousand, but it, uh, it needs a lot of work. Nelly must not be doing too well these days. <laughs> hey, we should go in half, half and half on it, man. Move to St. Louis. Yeah, I don't have them. Even at a short sale, I don't have that kind of money to, uh, and then even if I did, it's a, uh, it's a fixer upper. Fair enough. Fair enough. I, it, it looked, I haven't seen the video in a long time, but it looked like the, the house that I looked at. You can look at it up on realtor.com. It looked, I'm not saying it is, but it looked very familiar. And it, I, I feel like it might've been where the, the music video tip drill was filmed. I, I don't know. It's been a while since I've seen the video, but I'm like, that looks really familiar. Maybe it is. Have you seen Tip Drill music video? It's uh, it's wild. No, no, sir. It's uh, not allowed on YouTube. It was one of those 4 a.m. MTV videos. <laughs> maybe maybe Daily Motion has it, but it's uh, it's pretty crazy. Anyway, um, interesting. More dumb adults. Preston calls in and uses the talk or the type-to-talk feature on the Mac to uh, buy the house for 300000 And it's like these people are like, oh, this person who sounds exactly like a robot is buying a house. That's perfectly normal. <laughs> and they <laughs> bought it for 300000 And meanwhile, Kyle, Juice, and Biederman, uh, they figure out what happened to the money and who has it. And we also see that Shea is, uh, works for the FBI. Yep. So, there you go. So the first thing Preston buys after the house is a personal limo driver. That's Henry. They go uh, shopping for wardrobe. They go to the mall, as all the people in the 90s did. They get all these electronics and Nerf guns. They go to the Sharper Image. Remember the Sharper Image? (laughs) Is that even around anymore, I wonder? I'm not certain. Sharper Image. Image. I bet it might just be online only. It is around. I bet it is. Let's see. The Sharper Image official site. Um, let's see. Do they have a store locator? If they don't have a store locator, I feel like that uh, 
Hmm. I don't see a store locator on here. They uh, they might just be online only at this point. Hmm. Man, how the mighty have fallen. Did you ever go to a sharper image? Uh, not that I can recall, no, sir. No, they were cool. I mean, like everything in there was like so expensive, but like you could try out a bunch of stuff. Hmm. It's kind of neat. Uh, let's see. Anyway, so yeah, they uh. I went to the sharper image. Good blast from the past there. And, uh, yeah, the Nerf guns as well. Uh, and on their way back to the mansion, they see Shay running on the side of the road. They talk to her a bit. She tells the FBI about uh, this guy, Mr. McIntosh. That's who uh, Preston said bought the house because it was Mac computer. And then Preston furnishes the house with a water slide, a go-kart track, arcades, bounce house. Just all the crazy stuff that you would see at, like, a fair. Yeah. Big boxing ring with the gloves and the sumos and, um, you know, even at a million... Well, he only had 700000 at this point. Uh, even at 700000 I feel like that... Everything he did would cost way more than that. <laughs> you would think so, yeah. I mean, 700000 is a lot of money, but... You can blow through it pretty quick if you really try, and uh, I don't know. I don't. I guess I don't know how much bounce houses cost, but uh, he, you know, to furnish a mansion and to buy all the stuff he bought and construction of a water slide. Eh, I don't know. Feels like that would easily be more than seven hundred, but I guess not. So Carl, Juice, and Biederman look for the kid. Shake comes by the castle looking for Mr. McIntosh, but finds Preston, who gives her the opening deposit. Uh, Shay, she's just like, oh, yeah, it's completely normal that, uh, you know. Like, that's the other thing. Like, he tells, Preston tells the limo driver and Shay that, like, yeah, you know, Mr. McIntosh, uh, he didn't have a childhood of his own, so he just pays me to live it out for him. Wow. If, I, if uh, I'm, yeah. <laughs> if I heard this story, it's like, oh, are you like, is this guy a pedophile? Yeah. Apparently, Henry or Shay didn't raise any flags. They're just like, oh, okay, that seems normal. <laughs> like, no, yeah. no, it doesn't at all. No. Yeah. So I would, if I was either of them, I would believe Mr. McIntosh was in fact a pedophile. But yeah, I guess uh, they just thought it was normal that uh, this millionaire that no one's ever seen just pays a kid to hang around his house and live yeah. out his childhood fantasies. <laughs> That's, wow, yeah, that, oh, I don't even want to go any further with that. <laughs> I don't either, but that's what, that's what they said. Yeah. Um, so Shay then makes an appointment to see Mr. McIntosh, but later, uh, but instead gets a date, I use air quotes, with <laughs> Preston, and, uh, Preston gets ungrounded when he tells his dad that Mr. McIntosh wants to see his business plan. So, money rules everything in this movie. Of so, course, uh, yeah. Preston Including has... your father's love. Yeah, of course, of course. His his dad uh, his dad quickly gives in when he's like, ooh, money? Okay. <laughs> uh, so they go to this date. There was a spot where I laughed where Preston takes off his sunglasses and like puts them in the wine glass. I thought that was pretty funny. <laughs> Uh, and then Shay asks 
about Mr. McIntosh, uh, but Preston then falls out of his chair, so they go to a burger joint, and they go to one of those fountains with the pavement that shoots up, and we got to see Karen Duffy all wet. It's kind of cool. <laughs> but Carl, Biederman, and Juice all see them, and Biederman doesn't recognize his own employee, <laughs> but uh, <laughs> they chase after them, and uh, they, of course, get in the water and get all wet. You know, oh well. <laughs> oh man. Yeah. Sad. I don't have much. Sorry. No, that's okay. Um. So, um, Preston then invites Shay to a birthday party for Mr. McIntosh, which she accepts. And during the party planning stages, a lot of people become suspicious, and that nobody's ever actually met this Mr. McIntosh. And Preston then begins to realize. Having all this money, he still doesn't have any friends. He goes to the park. Carl and his gang, they find him there. Uh, Preston gets away, but in getting away, he loses his backpack for a minute, which had a little bit of money left. Uh, Juice chases after him in the park, and at one point, Juice just needlessly shoves this dude into a pond, which I thought was really funny. (laughs) Vince McMahon would have loved that. (laughs) Um, And the look on his face. But yeah, more more great stuff from Juice. Juice is the best. Uh, yeah. Preston then gets the backpack back, but uh, Carl crashes his car into a pile of cars, which it's like, uh, is he not worried about the police? Like, oh, there's an escaped felon, and he's just like driving around the park. No one calls 911. I know cell phones weren't a thing back then, but like there's pay phones. And uh, yeah, he's just driving around the park, and then he crashes into like this giant pile of cars, and yeah, just... Nobody bothers to call the police. He just gets away. So, yeah. Hey, uh, Disney logic, buddy. It's exactly Disney logic. So Carl interrogates uh, Butch, and he tells them where he lives. Uh, meanwhile, it's time for Mr. McIntosh's birthday party. The party planner gives Preston a bill for $100,000, which... Uh, By the way, that party planner... Yeah. Ever met someone from Indiana with a te- with an accent that strong? No, I have not. That was a tale, a tell that hey, this was done in Texas for sure. Yeah, I, and the other, I got to say this, she she took ten thousand up front and she just reached in the bag and took it like this is my money now. It's like what kind of what kind of party planner like just helps themselves to the person's money. Like, I will pay you. You don't have to reach into my bag and take it. And then she gives a bill for 100000 So this party caused 110000 And, uh, yeah. I'm sorry. This was not a $110,000 party. I don't see yeah, what the big I... deal was. It, it had a band and a table. It looked like a wedding reception, honestly. Yeah. A table for gifts. You had a buffet and a band. And spotlights. It's like this is one hundred ten thousand dollars for what? <laughs> you know, I'm spending that much money on a freaking party. I want to rent out the Six Flags and have nobody there and all the all the food, you know, prepaid. Mm-hmm. That's me. I want I want free food like the concession stands in Allegiant Stadium. Yes, dude. Yeah. Who would have thought? <laughs> like, hey, Allegiant was like. The opposite of Woodstock 99, because Woodstock 99, they're like, hey, let's charge $6 for a bottle of water. And Allegiant was like, oh, hey, we're a cashless facility and our card readers went down. Let's give away concessions to the people. 
Yeah, you might as well. Food's going to go bad. Exactly. Is that is that Woodstock 99 documentary out yet? Yeah, I believe it came out on HBO Max, if I'm not mistaken. And I do believe, from everything I've heard, they try to put a lot of blame on Limp Biscuit, and it doesn't necessarily belong to them. Um, I just thought it was poorly planned, and you had like a, this town that could not hold this many people. And, uh, yeah, it was just a, a mess. Yeah. Look, I'm, I'm just going to say, watch that. look, think of it what you want. Go back and watch the Limp Biscuit set from Woodstock '99. It's amazing. I remember. I, I mean, I don't remember their set specifically, but uh, I remember that coming out, and I just remember it being like complete mess. You had like the town just could not support that many people, and like the traffic. He was just parked on the street. There was not enough bathrooms and food, and yeah, it was not great. Yeah. But anyway, Preston, he only has uh, $332.17 left. And uh, as he looks through his finances, his dad walks in and talks to the back of a chair, thinking it's Mr. McIntosh, because he's an idiot. I don't think... No, no, no. Okay, in defense of the movie, at this point, I think uh, his dad kind of figured out, okay, like, this McIntosh thing, like, there's something uh, suspicious here. And not only that, Oh, hey, that must be Preston behind the chair, because the talk that he gives him, it's very fatherly, you know, very paternal. Maybe, but then he just bolts and, like, doesn't even look to see if his son's following him, (laughs) and, like, his son chases him down the road and he doesn't even stop. It it reminded me of, until until that part, but him talking to Macintosh... It reminded me of that scene from Spider-Verse when Miles, like, there was something going on and Miles couldn't talk. And Miles' dad was uh, talking to him and, like, like, I love you, son, blah, blah, blah. It was all heartfelt and everything. I feel like that's what they were going for here, you know? Perhaps. Does that, uh, does the, that only thing I would, the only thing I would say in... Uh... In defense of that, is every character in the movie is stupid, so <laughs> I could definitely see that be the other way. Fair enough. Hey, I uh, put a, a text in the group chat to suggest an outro that I think makes sense given a certain performance in this movie. I saw. I'll have to listen to it. I don't know what it is. It doesn't really fit the theme of the movie per se, but again, you know, maybe. Maybe. We'll see. I mean, there's a lot of songs about okay. money, but... Yeah. I'll have to listen to it and see we could how do it the goes. Bank, uh, we could do the WWE 2011 Money in the Bank theme. Oh, God, no. <laughs> but yeah, uh, Preston's dad, he's like, oh, I'm a bad father, and I would like to... I would like it if, I could, uh, if you could send Preston home early, and, uh, you know, I feel like he and I are missing out on his childhood... And then Preston, like you said, chases after him, but he's already gone. And then Preston realizes Henry's gone, and he's like, oh, I guess I don't have any friends. And and then Shay shows up and tells Preston that she needs to see Mr. McIntosh. And he's like, well, he's gone. And his brothers are also teasing him about, like, Mr. McIntosh. Like, Shay only is not interested in you. She only comes by to ask about Mr. McIntosh, and they think she's a gold digger. But uh, little do they know, she's not. I, I did not know that term existed in 1994. Oh, well, it sure did. 
I didn't think, like, I'm not thinking, like, hey, Kanye West invented the term, but, like, I did know it was around in 94. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Apparently. Yeah. So Preston gets on the mic, and he's like, Mr. Magdosh is gone. He's not coming back. Everybody should leave. So they all do. And the party starts to get torn down. But Carl and his crew show up. They're asking where Mr. McIntosh is. And Preston says he made him up. And it was him the whole time. And Carl asks <laughs> where his money is. And Preston said, I spent it all. Which they can't believe. But it's like, just look around, dude. Do you think all this was free? <laughs> I mean. Yeah. So Benderman thinks of a stupid idea. He's like, why don't Carl... You're looking for a new identity. Why don't you become Mr. McIntosh? <laughs> like, uh, okay. I don't... I mean, yes, he do, He would need a new identity, but, uh... I don't know. I guess that could work. I mean, it doesn't, but, you know. I also love how McIntosh doesn't have a first name. Yeah. Apple. <laughs> yes. Uh, yeah. Uh, Tim, yeah, you can. You, by the Tim way, you can McIntosh. totally buy a house with just uh, over the phone and not having to be, appear in person or show any form of identification at all. Again, Disney logic. This movie was mm -hmm. for children. Yes, <laughs> I still love poking holes in it. Uh, but yes, uh, Preston gets away, and here's where we get the Home Alone ripoff. Uh, he uses all of his gadgets and stuff around the house to beat up the invaders. So, what was the one? Uh, he trapped Biederman in a VR machine, which it's like, just take the helmet off, you idiot. <laughs> and then uh, Juice, he kept hitting with his pitching machine. And then uh, Carl, he trapped in one of those rolling cages and then threw him into the water, which, uh, <laughs> if that were locked, I'm pretty sure you would drown. <laughs> so, yeah. kind of attempted murder, but I guess he got out of it, because... You know. My name is... Andrew Bernard. I was with a group called Dunder Mifflin. <laughs> exactly. But yeah, he, uh, I mean, the cage would have sunk to the bottom, but I guess he, he was able to reach out and break it and open it up, but he could have drowned. <laughs> so, but the FBI finally shows up. Carl says, I'm Mr. McIntosh. And Preston C. Shays with the FBI. And FBI arrests McIntosh for fraud, money laundering, and grand theft. So, they got him and Biederman and uh, also Juice, unfortunately, got arrested, too. And yeah, Shay tells, sadly. Yeah. And uh, Shay tells Preston to call. Call me in ten years. Then she's like, what about five? <clears throat> and he's like, seven. That's called six. grooming. Yeah, it's like, well, how about six years? I'm like, uh, he won't be 18 in six years, I don't think. Mate, well, yeah. I don't know if he was 12. I don't think he... No, he's definitely... He, no, he seemed like he was 10 at the most. No, yeah, yeah, yeah. He, they, yeah, he was like 11 or 12. Yeah, never mind. Yeah, maybe 16. Or not 16. Uh, maybe six years he'd be 18. But yeah. I don't know. Well, the actor was born Either in 81, way. so I guess he'd be 12. Yeah. I don't know. Still skeptical. Yes. So, anyway... um. Then we get the, then she uh, she kisses him on the lips. Which, uh, all right. Mm. Like maybe the forehead I would have been okay with. The cheek. Yeah, but the lips was uh was a bit much Disney. That was a bit much. Yeah, uh, way way too much. Way too much. Yeah, 
And Henry comes back and says, I didn't leave. I just went to go get ice cream. And then they get their goodbyes in. So He had a five-gallon bucket of ice cream. Yeah, that seemed excessive. Yeah, which, I mean, Preston had one earlier in the movie, but, like, hey, that's way too much, pal. And back at the... Preston goes home, and his family throws him a birthday party. The end. Yep, that's it. That was Blank Check. Mm-hmm. And look, this is the second time I've seen this. <laughs> Probably liked it much more when I was a child. Um, this is for children. And as such, I did not find a lot enjoyable with this. Uh, there are certain kids' movies where, you know, you still can. But not impressed by this. I'm going to give this a gracious three and a half out of ten. Well, here's the thing. It's not a good movie, but it's an easy watch. It's fun yeah. because it's like, man, if I was a kid and I had all that, that would be so awesome. And it's got some nostalgia and everything. Uh, the plot is has like a billion plot holes. Like None of this could happen. And like we said, it, it took the, the perfect storm for this to happen because... If uh, if Carl was just a regular guy who happened to run over this bike and was like, uh, here's a check, uh, just have your dad write it for the amount, and Preston did the million dollars, and the guy just had like a balance of 5000 uh, you're going to uh, severely overdraft his account and bounce the check, and there there goes the movie. So, but uh, <laughs> a lot of Disney magic, so I will give it, I mean... Should I grade on a curve or not? I'll let you decide. Should I grade on a curve or not? You do what you want to, but I will say this. By the way, I forgot to mention, but hearing that instrumental When You Wish Upon a Star at the very beginning, oh, that was great, dude. Well, okay, my real score would be a three and a half, but I'll grade on a curve and give it a five just because it's so stupid and nostalgic and uh, a little bit of fun, even though it's got so many problems. Tone Loke was fun. Yeah, yeah. I'll give it a I'll give it a three three and a half's the real score if you're keeping track at home, but five is my uh who cares, just have fun with it score. <laughs> Fair but enough. But I do have uh-huh. a uh, one last piece of business. Uh just okay. for just for fun. Um I know it's uh, the the amount of money is different between ninety four and uh and right now, but Tax-free, you had a million dollars, what would you buy? Well, <laughs> to get the boring stuff out of the way, clear the debts and, uh, you know, take care of my family, that sort of thing. Um, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. First thing I'm buying, believe it or not, I'm buying veneers. veneers. That's right, fake teeth. Fake teeth, brother. Why? Buddy, look at that million-dollar smile Roman Reigns has now compared to what he looked like in 2016. Oh, that's a that's a different one. I did not expect that. Mm-hmm. But I'm also buying a. Um... Oh man, this is gonna okay. This is gonna sound wild, but did you guys have Hastings out in Ohio? What like the store? Yeah. N- uh, no, but I know, I've heard of it. Okay, well, it's like uh, video games, movies, 
and pre-owned stuff as well, you know, where, where there's like knickknacks, collectibles, posters, that sort of thing. Open up my own Hastings-like store, you know? But also, to make it profitable, if we can figure this out, you know, figure out the licensing and all that, also have a conjoint store that sells medical marijuana. Because that is very <laughs> popular here. Seriously, that is very popular here in Oklahoma. Uh, the county I live in is like maybe 2,000 people, and there's like six dispensaries in, in the county. You sound like uh, what Family Video tempted to do with CBD. Oh, they did. They did, didn't they? <laughs> yeah. But no, this is the real stuff. This is THC, not the fake stuff, dude. Yeah. So that would be your, your business? That would be what you spend everything on? Uh-huh. Oh, also, uh, well, not everything. You know, save uh, the rest. Yeah, I get it. If, yeah, no, if uh, if that doesn't work out, let's like, okay, maybe just uh, maybe just keep some money around to uh, come out to some Braves games here and there, you know? Yeah. By the way, I know we're about to get out of here, and I know, and I've told you this before, in June, I was emotionally checked out from baseball, but don't look now. The Braves are 12 games above 500, first in their division. They're uh, a few games behind the big three in the NL. Uh, so, you know, which they're a cut above, like, everyone in baseball besides the White Sox and the A's. Um, dude, I'm just saying we are hotter than, like, anyone in the league right now. We're doing really good. Yeah, hotter than everyone except us. <laughs> uh, we'll see. We got a two-game against you guys uh, this week. Yeah, I uh, before I get into my what I would do with the million dollars. Uh, uh-huh. Yeah, I, look, I was very harsh on Cashman and Boone, and I wanted them fired. But look, this is mm-hmm. one of those instances where I want to be wrong. Like, you think I would want yeah. my team to not even make the playoffs this year just so I could be like, called it. <laughs> like, no. Yeah, no. I want to be wrong. I don't want to go through another manager search and maybe get it wrong. Like, I would much rather, uh, you know, succeed now would i be shocked if boone does something incredibly stupid during the playoff series and costs us a game no of course not in fact i'm kind of expecting it but in the meantime it's like yeah it's very cool and i'm happy and i hope i'm wrong like why you know well of course i want to look all i'm saying is okay it took the braves 109 games to get above 500 you want to know what happened before they got above 500 a vaccinated caleb got covid (laughs) well so hey, my Maybe. mild COVID is is the sacrifice that had to be made for the Braves to uh, turn it on. Mm-hmm. That's true. That is mm-hmm. true. Um, plus, I mean, like, well, like the Padres are really falling. Uh, are they even in the playoffs Padres? anymore at this point? Uh, no, they're not. I'm looking at it now. What the, What's that they, now? They are not. The Reds are hot. Yeah. They they've been hotter. The Reds have been hotter. Well, the Padres, the Braves actually Padres and to... Red Sox are uh, fallen. Yeah. The Braves actually just swept a road, uh, nine-game road trip, which, to be fair, it was the Marlins, the Nats, and the Orioles, but still, nine games in a row, that's impressive. Yeah, that's good. Uh, yeah. Anyway, my million dollars. So, like you said, yeah. clear out all the boring stuff. Family, friends, take care of them. Um, now, here's here's the key. I would pay off, so my house is worth more than I owe on it. So I would pay that off and then buy a new house. 
nothing too extravagant, quarter million at the most. And yeah. uh, but in a nicer neighborhood, um, I'm pretty sure someone stole my let me ask, gas can let in my me garage. Ask, let me ask, and I'm sure uh, I'm sure John would ask this if he was was here. Would you move to Columbus proper? I'm already in Columbus proper, but uh, no, like no. real Columbus proper that can vote for the mayor. I don't care about voting for the mayor, but honestly, no, I'd probably move to one of the suburbs. Okay, okay, yeah, that's the move, honestly, is living in a suburb, dude. Yeah, I I would do that, and uh, like I said, I'm pretty sure my neighbor's kids stole my uh, gas can for my lawnmower out of my garage when I was away on vacation. I have no proof, but uh, I'm pretty sure it was them. It's not there now, and it was in my garage, so someone stole it. I'm positive of that, but... uh, yeah, that was mean. Yeah. There was gasoline in there, and uh, yeah, that was the only thing they took. Luckily, I mean, there's more things of value in the garage than a can of half full of gas, but uh, yeah. Very disappointed. Bro, I'm sorry. This uh, this L.A. Knight Cameron Grimes match is wild. Well, that's good. But speaking of a million dollars, uh, what else I would buy? Mm-hmm. Is uh, so I would use the money I would sell this house, which is now debt free, and put the down payment towards that new house, and then maybe kick in whatever else I needed. And with such a large down payment, I you know if I had you know I can kick in whatever else. Maybe uh, you know if I have a mortgage payment, it's not the worst thing in the world. But if I could have a mortgage payment, you know, like five to a thousand dollars a month, but live in like a quarter million dollar house. That would be uh, I could I could live with that, so that would be pretty cool. Uh, the other things I would do probably would uh, buy an, a a pickup truck and an RV, um, and then uh, I would do the whole like, hey, I'm gonna work from uh, from Florida for two weeks, or yeah, you know, I'm gonna go. Uh, it had to have great Wi-Fi by the way, but yes, yeah, so it's like yeah, <laughs> I'm gonna go. Uh, Drive to, uh, let's see, another place I want to go. Flathead Lake, Montana. I'm going to work from there for two weeks, and I'm going to work. And then after work, I'm going to get out of my RV, and I'm going to go enjoy the lake. Or I'll go to San Diego for a few weeks. So that would be pretty cool. And then the rest, um, you know, probably just go on vacations and everything. Um, You know, Australia and uh, Japan when COVID's over, because those countries are probably going to be very fun right now, but... Those are like my two number one countries, and they're the two ones that are locked down pretty heavily. But yeah, when that's all done, uh, you know, probably go to them and then save the rest, and you know, go to the World Series and you know the Super Bowl and all that good stuff. Yeah. Hey, uh, we're gonna get out of here pretty soon because we've been going at this for a little over hour fifteen at this rate. Um, slightly too early World Series prediction. Uh, what what do you got, pal? Hmm. Well, I am going to say. Let me look at the standings because um, I I'm not a believer in the Brewers. I'm not a believer in the Reds. Real quick, just to uh, not put ourselves in an awkward position, you cannot say your favorite team. All right. Um. Let's see here. Giants are awfully good. Because um, hmm. I, I have already 
AAL pick because um, I think they were cut above everyone else in that league. Um, if it's it's not the White Sox, I think they are frauds. Um, wow, disagree. Yeah, I, I'm using the F word on the on the Astro or well, yeah, the and the Astros because uh, I'll never <laughs> pick them for anything. Uh, I'll be boring and just say Tampa and San Francisco since I can't use my own team. I'm going to go White Sox and Dodgers, but um, I will say this, if I could, and if they keep this wave of momentum going, you know, not, you know, consistently winning everything, but, like, keep this momentum they've got going where, like, all the bats are going, uh, don't sleep on Atlanta. I mean, I know they had a rough first two-thirds of the season, but don't sleep on them. I'm just telling everyone now. I won't. <laughs> Fair uh, enough. Yeah, I'm still scared hey, uh, about our bull. Have... I'm still scared about our bullpen. That's the only. Oh, dude. Yeah, yeah. And no. As Snit are you? Is... I know. Snit is dead set on Will Smith has to be the closer, and he keeps proving that he shouldn't be the closer. Um, at this point, and I can't believe I. I if two years ago you told me I'd be saying this, I'd say you're wild. Luke Jackson should probably be our closer right now, to be honest with you. Hmm. Uh, 2019 Luke Jackson was scary as hell. Well, there you go. Yeah, uh, but hey, do you have a quote to send us out on? I do. I pulled up this one from Juice. So, first off, Carl, <laughs> he's looking at a uh, photo of, uh, of Preston, and he says, See anyone that looks like him? And Juice says, <clears throat> yeah, he looks like him, she looks like him, oh, look over there, there goes his little twin brother. You give me one picture and expect me to find him among all these kids, you must be crazy. I'm going to get on the water slide.
always hype. And with me and the crew, leave a shin dick. I'm with a girl who's just my type. Little brain, light line, thought she was fine. This way young Miss Cole came in just and I knew that she was mine. Took the to the limousine, it still parked outside. I took the show for when it was over and I gave her my own ride. Just get her off my jack, she was I like starting cling. But that's what happens when bodies start slapping from doing a wild ride. Let me tell you one thing, I need $50 to make you holler, I get paid to do the 